The Pumley Pod, episode 43. Prepare to lift the lid on all things education, not indoctrination. Your voice of reason for home education. The Plumley Pod. Hello and welcome to The Plumley Pod. I'm your host, Sarah Plumley, and I owe you guys a big apology. I don't like to go solo, to fly solo on these podcasts. I prefer to have guests in to ask interesting questions and find out new stuff because unless it's escaped your attention, I really, really enjoy learning for learning's sake. I think learning is fascinating. And I also think it's really important to share real learning and genuine attempts at educating oneself rather than the fake versions that we're fed these days. However, every now and again, I get a buildup of things that have happened to me or to my loved ones and I just need to share them. And I share them because I hope that you can use this information. Because if this is happening to me and my loved ones right now, this could well be happening to you in the not-too-distant future. And they say that forewarned is forearmed and all that. And so I'm hoping that this is a useful thing to do. And also it allows me to get this kind of stuff off my chest. And it's better than me hijacking one of my guests and trying to impose the things that I want to talk about onto somebody else. Because often I might have a guest in to talk about a topic that's absolutely nothing to do with the banksters or that what I call the fuckament. Yes, I better put a bit of a warning on this podcast. There will be some choice language. I don't like to swear in public, quote unquote. If you're one of my private Gorilla Ed members, however, you will hear plenty of swears, yes. But publicly, professionally, I try to not do so because it's not awfully nice. However, the word fuckament, I think is genius, absolutely genius. My best friend has worked for Ofsted. I call them Wokestead. <laughs> Wokestead, not Ofsted. Oh, if you're outside of the UK, by the way, Ofsted is the Her Majesty's Inspectorate. They are the people that go around inspecting schools to make sure they're up to standard. My goodness me, wouldn't you like to be in on some of their private meetings? Anyway, she's worked for Ofsted for a very long time. She's not actually an inspector, but she's probably been there close to 20 years, maybe. Am I giving my age away if I say that? It's going to be less than 20 years, unless she's a little bit younger than I. But anyway, yeah, she made this word up completely by accident. She's very polite. She hardly ever swears. She's wonderful. She's lovely. I mean, she's been my friend for, oh my goodness, I'm going to give my age away again. She's been my friend for a very, very long time. We were in high school together. That's 11 years to 16 and actually 18 years in our case. We stayed on sick form together. So a long, long time ago, many decades. And she was chatting away to me on a Zoom quite some time ago now, and she meant to say the fucking government have done this, and she's talking about the fucking government of the United Kingdom, of course, particularly England. However, it came out wrong, and she went, the fuckerman, the fuck... And I went, oh, yeah, that works. I love it. So there you go. There's the word of the week, fuckerman. Don't talk about the government. Don't talk about the fucking government. That's rude, but call it what it is. It's the fuckerman. So there we have it. Anyway, that's the new word of the week dealt with. I'm going to be talking about the fuckament and the banksters, but actually there's something else that's winding me up and I've been burning to talk about this for ages, but I don't really have a good excuse. So I'm doing my own podcast that I get to talk about it. And it's Jordan Peterson. I'm really concerned about Dr. Jordan Peterson. I'm going to be talking later on in this particular podcast about how I think he's going to be used to bring in digital IDs, whether he knows what he's doing or whether he's being manipulated. It's one of those. Is he a 
a knowing Pied Piper or is he an unwitting Pied Piper? But I, I'm going to get into that a little bit later on. I'm deeply concerned. I've sat on this for quite some time, but I'm so worried about it. I'm just going to share it now. And I'm, I'm not trying to have a go, Dr. Peterson. I actually happen to rather like an awful lot of his written work. I've watched many of his lectures and I think he has good information. I don't think he's perfect. Of course, I don't. None of us are. But I do think he has a lot of good information. But that said, I'm deeply concerned about how he might be manipulated and or how he might manipulate, whether deliberately or accidentally, say, other people. But like I said, I'm going to let me get to that. I've got a stack of things to complain about. So strap yourselves in. If you've got little ones around, you might want to put your headset on because it might be a little bit sweary. And for that, I make zero apology whatsoever. All right. So first item on the agenda. (laughs) I tried to order some stationery like pencils and pens and paper, files and folders to keep stuff in. Not exactly unusual equipment for a teacher, is it, really? Stationery, it's a bit of a staple. (laughs) Now, funnily enough, staple is actually staples. Possibly the company I might be hypothetically talking about during this podcast. One of the companies. Here in France, it's called JPG but it's Staples in the UK. And I'm just using them as an example. I'm not very clever. I might have got that wrong. So don't sue me, people, because I've just admitted I'm a fool and no one should listen to me anyway. So I ordered some paper and pencils. I might have even ordered a step. You know, like a little step ladder, but one of those sort of, it looks like a Dalek, actually. It's Dalek shaped, kind of. And you step on it and then the wheels kind of are immobilized by your weight so that you can reach things. And being five foot one, I have a problem reaching things and my office is getting quite big now. I have a lot of paperwork and a lot of stuff to do. So I bought a few things like that. Anyway, the company who I've been religiously giving money to every year since 2018, 2018, refused to deliver these goods, refused to send me these goods, never mind deliver them. They refused to ship them. Why? Why, why, why? Well, they said they wanted my SIRET number. Now, a SIRET number... S-I-R-E-T, SIRET, SIRET number. I think it's the equivalent of a national insurance number in the UK, your national insurance number. Now, why would my stationery company, bearing in mind I'm still a relatively small, teeny tiny little business, I'm technically still a sole trader, although that might change quite soon. Why do they need my national insurance number to sell me some, <laughs> some paper clips? I didn't really like the sound of that. So I thought, hmm what do I do? Do I argue with them? Do I say, no, bugger off, send me the stuff or piss off. Either you want my money or you don't. I've been a loyal customer, what's your problem? I mean, I presume that they want my national insurance number, best case scenario, so that they can claim some sort of VAT back value added tax. I presume it's to help them out financially, but it doesn't help me out. I'm not enough big enough business to have VAT issues at this time and probably won't in the sort of immediate foreseeable future. So hang on a minute, I'm the customer, I have money, you have things I would like, and I'm very happy to pay you the money. And I did, I you know, put my card through and all the rest of it. Again, I've been using this company here since 2018. We're now 2023, <laughs> five, six years. And yeah, they said, no, we want your number. So I said, well, I don't have a number because you know my business, I don't have to register my business here in France. I can register it in any, pretty much any country in the world that I like. However, I just thought, you know what, I've got enough. How many people do you want to be fighting at once? And my job isn't to fight the fuckerman and all these awful corporations that are 
in some way linked to this dark agenda, whether directly or indirectly through the fuckerman or through like weird and nasty, mendacious policies like ESG scores. More on that another day. That's a whole other bag of worms. But anyway, I'm not very interested in that. So what I did, I made up another company name. I made a new login with this online organization. Might have been Staples, JPG. Could be someone else. Who knows? And I put it in my husband's name and I made him a business name. I ordered the exact same stuff to the exact same billing and shipping address. And they sent me the stuff, no problem. They didn't want to know what his syrup number was or or anything like that. <laughs> Doesn't that give you a warm, cuddly feeling? Isn't it great to know that company policy is uh, malleable? It depends who it is. <laughs> Isn't that discrimination? And normally, in my opinion, I think businesses should be allowed to choose to serve whoever they wish and should be allowed to decline services to whoever they wish. However, if you're a Christian baker and you decline to bake a wedding cake for two gay men, that would be found against you in a court of law. Well, if you're not, I'm sorry, if you're not allowed to discriminate in that regard, then how come you're discriminating in this regard? Now, personally, I don't agree with it. If you're a private business, you should do business with whomever you wish and you should be able to exclude anybody for any reason No questions asked. It's your private business, no problem. It's different if you're a utility. So if you're like the gas board, (laughs) then there's only one way to source gas in your country, say, then I disagree with that for obvious reasons. And I would argue that a company as large and as as big a monopoly as Twitter would also come under the, should, it doesn't at this moment in time, but should come under the umbrella of a utility. Because if you don't, use Twitter, they say, oh, go and make your own. Well, Parler did and they still got screwed, right? So you actually can't go make your own Twitter. Okay, Getter and Truth Social have tried it with some level of perhaps success, but you see where I'm coming from, yeah? This is not the same thing. Anyway, not to belabor the point too much, very, very unhappy with the fact that my husband can buy the exact same gear that I tried to buy to the same address on the same day. I got an and he got a, well, well, so he's allowed and I'm not. Fantastic. Love it. Absolutely love it. Discrimination. Discrimination. <sighs> I bet if I complained that the company had misgendered me, something would be done about it, wouldn't it? Hmm. I'm seriously considering it. No, not really. Anyway, next, my favorite thing. I ordered a book from the UK. Now, I love books. I'm building a library downstairs in my house and I'm filling it with lots of very interesting books. So I ordered a book from Truth University Press. I spoke very politely to Professor Moss, and she helped me get a copy of her new book, Lightbulb Moments and the Power of Critical Thinking. And I didn't want to give money to Amazon, for obvious reasons, and I wanted a hard copy of the book, not a Kindle or a PDF or anything like that. So Professor Moss went out of her way to get me a copy of this book. Now, I paid the money up front, I paid the postage, and let's say the book was circa £17, and the postage circa 15 I, I, I 10, whatever. I paid 30 quid to get a copy of the book. And I was very happy to do so. And I said, look, if I've paid a bit too much, just put it towards Truth University or Truth University Press funds. Don't care. Just want a copy of the book, please. So the book arrives and postie, the post person, la poste, the French postal system, the French version of Royal Mail, if you like, charged my husband 12 euros straight up. They charged my husband 12 euros for this book that we'd already paid for and paid the postage on. Obviously, we'd already paid tax on it, VAT, right? Already been paid, taken into consideration with the cost of the book. So these goons, import duties, yeah. Oh, cause Brexit, what? 
What are you talking about? What do you mean import duties? I can't get that book in this country. It's written in English, duh. They don't make them here. Like, I'm sorry, how is that not daylight robbery? It's bad enough that they're still charging income taxes. Particularly in the UK, income taxes were to pay for the Napoleonic Wars. They were a temporary tax. Pay attention. Yes, especially you sheeple. A temporary tax. Income taxes. Ah! To pay for the Napoleonic Wars. They've been paid for, by the way. So one could quite legitimately argue that income tax is theft. Now we've got import duties on a good that I couldn't even get in this country, even if I wanted to. However, if Amazon want to deliver me a book in this country, no matter what language that book's in, oh, they're allowed. I never get charged import duties from precious, precious Amazon. Yeah, who's the scoundrel here? You know, the good old Truth University Press doing their damnness to raise awareness and spread the truth, or freaking evil Jeff Bezos's despicable organization, Amazon. Literally the one world shop. You guys worrying about the one world army and the one world government and the one world religion? Well, what about worrying about the one world shop? All right for Amazon, not all right for regular people. Absolutely disgraceful. Absolutely disgraceful. And speaking of that, I'd better intersperse a little bit of good news before I go on to the next disgraceful thing, because this is just going to be a really dark episode. And I'm not, that's not my intention. I'm not here to fear monger. I just want you to know what's happening ahead of time, because if it's happening to me now, it probably won't happen to you, most of you guys just yet. And some of you might come up with great ideas that can help me and also help stop these things happening in the future to good folk like yourself, not naughty mathematics teachers like me. But anyway, here's a little bit of good news. I spoke a few weeks ago on one of these individual ranty ranty podcasts about me not being allowed to pay money. I wasn't allowed to pay my bills. So my poor podcast producer, Chris, I couldn't pay him because the bank said, no, it's not a bank, it's a wallet. And it might be called Wise, the company, but it might not be again. You know what I'm like with companies. Could be some sort of financial wallet system like that. Anyway, I couldn't pay unless I gave them a selfie and a copy of either my passport or my driver's license then and there. Now, I'm very annoyed because I've been with this company since before 2018. I have a private account and a business account with them. And I had some little things to say to uh, Moses. No, I kid you not, not that Moses. Moses in customer disservices at this wretched company. Anyway, I'm not going to go back into all of that. Suffice to say, it was a disaster. It was a nightmare and I couldn't pay my bills. Anyway, since I've been paying weekly instead of monthly for my podcast, I've actually been allowed to transfer money from the exact same accounts I was forbidden from doing so without a selfie, a passport and a driver's license. Now, you might think, well, you should have to show your passport and your driver's license to have an account. Well, yeah, but I already did that. I did that when I first applied for these accounts. I've already proven my identity. Yeah. So why should I be doing it every time I want to pay a bill? Anyway, which all of a sudden, not only can I pay my podcast producer, I can pay my tech company that houses, looks after, maintains and hosts my app, my online learning application for hardcore guerrilla editors. So wonderful. That's good news, right? Like, I don't know what happened. I haven't bothered to read the customer disservice emails because I've got more important things to do in my life. But I'm very relieved to report that for the time being, it would appear I'm allowed to spend my own money on paying the bills of people I've been paying for a reasonable amount of time. So hooray. Yes, we got one thing out of it. So did my pushing back help? I wouldn't have thought so. I'm just one person. But in in any case, I'm very, very relieved that I'm actually allowed to pay my own bills with my own money now. It's very good of these people without sending a pervy selfie or something. What are these creeps? They're just creeps, aren't they? That said, just to balance it out a little bit, this week, my husband was allowed to purchase something online that I wasn't. I tried to purchase 
a training program, video training program online several times this week. Wouldn't allow me to. Again, same company. (laughs) I tried my business. I tried my personal account. Nothing. Wouldn't let it happen. Tried my husband's French account. That didn't work. Tried my husband's account with Wise, or maybe it's a company like Wise, but you get my drift right. And he was allowed. So that's great to know that my husband, <laughs> my, my husband's allowed to buy things that I'm not. Doesn't matter who's got the money, who doesn't. But yeah, he allowed, she not allowed. My goodness me, like I spend my life arguing that the patriarchy doesn't basically exist, that it's a figment of imagination, particularly of people with a loser mindset. So here I am defending people against being accused of being part of the patriarchy. And yet the husband can buy something the wife cannot. Go figure. Honest to God, go figure. What else have I got for you? Oh, actually, again, this will level the fielder once more, tilting the table back in the opposite direction. My husband's British account, he might have had an account with a bank as big as Barclays. Imagine that. You know, maybe it was smaller, maybe it was a slightly different bank. You know what I'm like. I often mix up names, so you can't take this as red. But let's just pretend, just for fun that my husband has a Barclays bank account. Well, yes, they closed it. And if you've listened to some of the previous rants that I've done on this, you will know all about that already. Jolly good. Well, little bit of a problem because they've stolen effectively, or let's just say frozen because banksters don't steal, do they? Right, right, right. See what I'm saying? They've frozen many tens of thousands of pounds. Put it this way, they've frozen more of my husband's inheritance than I've ever earned in a year in my life. And even if I was head teacher of rather a large school, I would not be earning that kind of money per year. So they've basically robbed him blind of quite a large chunk of his money. And it's because he lives in France, not the UK. Well, yeah, he has done for eight years, nearly nine perhaps. And it wasn't a problem then, but apparently it's a problem now. Something to do with the European economic area and all the Brexit BS lovely. So he has to apply to get his money back. So we're working on that. We're dealing with that. And we've had some really kind help from a fellow guru at Ella telling us how to better position ourselves and maybe even gain out of this, you know, go against the banksters and have a good go. However, it gets worse. Because this account has been closed, this British account and his money's frozen, his pension my husband's pension. No, he's not that old. Cheeky, cheeky. It's a private pension and he took it early. It's not that old. Thank you. But yes, my husband has a pension. And obviously the pension is now bouncing because it's being paid into this British account, which has been closed. So he had to telephone his pension provider and explain to them that he'd like to change the account into which they pay it, please. And he has a new account already and he's ready to do that change. You'll have to fill in a form, darling. I kid you not. You'll have to fill in a form. And he's like, right, okay, can I fill it in today? Well, you'll have to print it off and sign it. And we'll need some evidence of your new account. He's like, hang on a minute. Right, wait a second. I've just passed security to be allowed to speak to you on this phone call. So you know I am who I say I am because I've passed your security, right? Yeah, that's right, darling. Lovely. So... In which case, if I instruct you now that I would like you to put my money into this account instead of that one, why would I need to print off forms and sign forms and send evidence of my new account and evidence of my identification? It's company policy. It's just what you've got to do to get the account. Trace. Like, well, I'm not going to defraud myself, am I? <laughs> I thought that was quite a good point from Plumley Major. I'm not going to defraud myself, am I? 
Oh, will somebody save us from these cretinous morons? Okay, if I phone up somebody else's pension company, say, I'd like you to put the money into my account, please. Yeah, I can understand why you might want some evidence that the person whose pension is wants it to be put in someone else's account. I bet that's not even allowed these days anyway. But I can understand that because somebody might be trying to con somebody. But if your account has been closed, and that's easily verifiable, and it wasn't even closed by my husband, it was closed by Barclays, cause reasons. <laughs> so imagine if he needed that money. Actually, he does need that money to pay his rotten bar bill. But imagine if he needed that money to buy like dog food and toilet paper and baked beans and stuff. Like He'd be in real jeopardy now. And these creatures wanted to print off these forms, fill in these forms, do some sort of signed declaration, give evidence of his new account. They want, they want a bank statement from his new account. It's like, oh, okay, right, yeah, because I see, whatever. It's just madness. It's bureaucracy gone mad. And the poor woman on the phone, the poor deer on the phone's not got a scooby. It's beyond her comprehension that this is a stupid and unnecessary waste of everybody's time. It, re- it really is. When he said, you know, I'm not going to defraud myself, I have to say it was uh, quite amusing, quite the comment. I really did laugh. What else did I want to say about that? This pension shenanigans. I mean, it's just unnecessary, isn't it? These people are just wasting our time. And it's obviously, it's not the dense lady on the phone. This stuff is designed to waste our time. And time is a truly precious resource. It's, it's the only thing that we all have equality on, actually. If you think about it really carefully, the only thing that we have an equal amount of day to day is time. And so if we allow these fuckaments and these banksters to steal our time by filling in stupid forms and jumping through pointless hoops. Well, yeah, who's winning that one? It's not us, is it? Really, really sad. Really, really sad indeed. So I will update you at some point when I've got another page full of rants as to where Pension Gate left us. But it's not a pretty picture. And I do feel for people who would be desperately sure of vital resources if these creatures were allowed to continue to behave in this manner, not handing over hard-earned money, you know, money set aside for the future years and whatnot. Uh, It's particularly disgraceful, but there you go. Oh, it's company policy. Maybe your company policy sucks. Maybe your company policy is retarded. Maybe your company policy is stupid, madam, but it's just not worth it, is it? It's just not worth it. Anyway, that's our latest challenge. So they're certainly having a go at my household financially. I refuse to believe that all of this is a coincidence. Bearing in mind, my three of my bank accounts have been hacked a total of four times in the past 12 months. So yeah, it's uh, really, really fun at the moment, being me and being here. Anyway, not to bleat about it too much. I'm going to get on to the, the meat of my gripe for this particular week now. I'm going to talk about Mr. Peterson. I might come back to the financial stuff. There's one or two other bits, but I... I, I Otherwise, this is just going to be some sort of morbid podcast and you'll all be very upset at the end. And I don't want that. I want you to take this information and use it. I'd be so glad if some of you come up with innovative ways to avoid these problems and to get around. Actually, there is one. Here's a bit of hope. This will make you giggle. The Barclays, it might be another company, haha. The Barclays account that was closed in the UK, my husband's account, they closed mine, by the way, as well, but there was no problem. I cleared my money out beforehand because, well, I don't trust the banksters, as you know. Anyway, my husband was telling some of his, we don't actually have any English friends, really. We have the odd one. We mostly just have acquaintances. And he was telling one of his acquaintances to be careful that his account 
if he still has a British account, might get closed for the same reasons that my husband's did. Well, this gentleman's account, he also lives in France, doesn't have a British property, so he's technically in the same boat as us. His account hasn't been closed. Why, 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 you ask? Because he has an overdraft. He has a debt. <laughs> so Barclays doesn't want to freeze his account because they then run the risk of not getting their money back, the money they lent him. This is hilarious. Yeah, my husband's money that he put perhaps too trustingly in, in the hands of the banksters has been frozen and removed and taken away from him, at least temporarily. And his account and all, all the access to the, his account, so he can't go on to do online banking. He can't print out his statements anymore. That's all gone. That paperless thing was a con, wasn't it? Um, so he, he has no access to his account. He can't use it. He can't accept money. He can't send money. And his funds, his many ten, not that many, but several tens of thousands of pounds have been frozen. And yet the guy who owes the bank, the banksters, oh, his account's working just fine because he has an overdraft. He, he has debt. So you have to ask yourselves, especially you financial experts who think you're oh so clever. <laughs> if the bank was legit, if the bank was playing fairly, they would want people to deposit their money because the business of banks is money, isn't it? Apparently not. Since they've been allowed to print their own and make it up, typing in numbers on a screen, they don't care about whether or not people deposit their money there because they don't need it. Our relationship with the banks must be the worst it's been in living memory and perhaps way, way longer because they don't even have to be polite to customers whose accounts are in good standing anymore. They can just leave you in the lurch and freeze your money and then make you jump through hoops and send photographic and paper evidence for getting your own money back. Uh, but if you're in debt, oh no, we'll keep your account open, sir, because we want the money. We want to screw the money back out of you. I think it's a, not only is it an imbalanced relationship, it's an abusive relationship that we have with the banksters now because they don't care about the customer service. It's now customer disservice. They don't care about you. They don't go out of their way to be polite or apologetic, even when they've screwed up big style. And they don't care. They give the distinct impression they're not bothered whether you have your hard-earned money saved there and deposited there or not. They're much more interested in people who are in debt. Yeah, if you've got an overdraft, well, good for you. Uh, it would appear you have much more leverage with the banksters these days. Anyway, that's a funny one. Right, come on. I can't put it off any longer. On to Mr. Peterson. Mr. Peterson. There was a podcast he put out not that long ago about the dark side of psychology. I had another doctor on with him, and I'm going to be sharing the full version of that and a little excerpt. I might have already shared it by the time this podcast comes out or it'll be shortly afterwards, so check out my Substack. That's sarahplumley.substack.com, sarahplumley.substack.com. And I'm deeply concerned because all Peterson appears to be going on about these days is internet trolls and trolling. Now, he puts the particularly bad behavior of internet trolls down to the fact that they're anonymous. And, you know, he's a professional psychologist, a professor of psychology, a clinical psychologist, and I have to respect his professional opinion in that regard. And he's adamant that one of the reasons that the behavior online of many of these so-called trolls is so appalling is because they're anonymous. They can get away with it. There's no accountability. There's no consequences for them. It sounds to me like he's pushing for anonymity to be removed online. And you might think on the surface, well, it's not a bad idea, then there'd be no trolls, right? Wrong, 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 wrong. In fact, you couldn't be more wrong. Dr. Jordan, and I mean this with absolute respect, I'm, 
gutted that I'm having to even talk about this, quite frankly. I've read one and a half of your three books. I've listened to hours of your lectures, both when you were a professor of psychology at Toronto University and subsequently. I think you're fascinating to listen to. I've learned a lot personally and, and professionally from you, actually, without having ever met you. But what is it that you think digital soldiers exactly do all day, sir? Digital soldiers, you know, like the 77th Brigade in the United Kingdom. Oh, you think that's a conspiracy theory? Well, why don't you Google it? They have their own website. <laughs> they have their own section on the British Army website, the 77th. Yeah. One of the lieutenant colonels in the 77th, the digital soldiers, is, um, what's that vile guy called? Always seems to be suspiciously in the right place at the right time. Tobias Elwood, MP. Tobias Elwood. Oh, I urge you to go and research him. His brother allegedly died in the Bali bombing. His mother wrote a charming book about how we should all love Muslims. And he was the guy, Tobias Elwood, who tried to save life at the Westminster Bridge terrorist attack. Mm, it's quite an action-packed series of events for one family, isn't it? Well, anyway, that's for you to research. Anyway, my point being that the 77th in the United Kingdom are digital soldiers. That's online soldiers, internet soldiers, amongst other things. What exactly do you think they do all day, Mr. Peterson? Is it beyond your comprehension that some of the trolling you get online actually comes from the Canadian government or branches of the Canadian government or third-party outsourcing deals with the Canadian government and or the American government, not to mention the British, Australian, New Zealand? What, that's not possible? Am I paranoid, Dr. Jordan? Well, probably I am, but perhaps you need to be a little bit more paranoid because if you get your wish and nobody is allowed to be anonymous online, everybody has to have a digital ID to prove who they are before they're allowed online or in quote-unquote public spaces online, then the only people who will have anonymity are the bad guys, the criminals. And let's face it, when I say the criminals, I'm mostly referring to the so-called governments of the world, the powers that shouldn't be, the digital soldiers. They won't they'll be anonymous and they'll still be trolling you and me and all of the rest of it. Well, I tell you what, Mr. Peterson, why don't you just stop reading the comments? How about that for a novel piece of advice? I thought you were the psychologist. Yeah? I tell my people to not read the comments on social media. Post your stuff and get the hell out of there. Yeah? Don't read the comments from the bots and the trolls. and the. I speculate, I speculate that almost all the trolls are actually paid agents of the government maybe directly, some of them definitely, indirectly, yes, absolutely, and various other nefarious organisations that perhaps own governments, like Mr Soros, for example. You think he doesn't own governments? Don't think you've done enough research, quite frankly. And I'm sorry, Mr Peterson, if you carry on with this digital... It doesn't necessarily promote digital IDs, but the problem is his language is very much moving us towards removing anonymity online. This is a disaster. You have a right to anonymity online. And let's face it, if you did something treasonous, I'm sure they'll find out who you are. You think they can't do that? Are you, are you crazy? Well, they keep hacking my bank account and pretending it's Bolton City Council, who I've never had any dealings with whatsoever, or it's Domino's Pizza and there isn't even one anywhere near here. Oh, yeah, 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 of course. I don't understand how a gentleman of such intelligence He's far better read than I am. He's more experienced than I am. 
He's more articulate than I am. He's more intelligent. I think I might have said that twice, which proves my point. I don't understand how he's not even apparently paused to consider that the only people that will then be allowed to be anonymous are the freaking bad guys. How are we supposed to compete with that, Jordan? That's like saying gun control, and with him being Canadian, maybe he's in favour of that. I hope not. And that's not a dig at all Canadians, by the way, some of whom are extremely brave and truly excellent and have been during the scandemic and power to every single one of you Canadians that's listening to this. You're the real heroes. You've been at ground zero of fascism during the scandemic, so power to you. But um, I really think that I want to believe, I want to believe, this is naive and human of me, I want to believe that Peterson hasn't considered it, but at the same time, I can't. He's way smarter than me. So how come you haven't paused to consider the fact that the bad guys will have the anonymity only in the same way that the bad guys would have the guns only? If you exerted gun control in America, I think it's the Second Amendment, if you scrap the Second Amendment, who knows, Biden would love to probably, or Biden's puppeteers, let's just say, then the only people that have got the guns are the bad guys and the bad guys are the fuckerman. In the main, I'm not saying there aren't mafia and gangsters and stuff. Okay, probably, but I think that's exaggerated. And I think many of them actually do in some way or other actually work for the fuckermans. I really, really think that there's a strong argument for at least the exploration of that. And, you know, people who are pro-Second Amendment, pro-having guns, the people having access to guns, they always say that if you take guns off the population, then only the bad guys have guns. And you can view that as, you know, the, the criminals that they want you to believe are around every corner. But actually, the criminals I'm more concerned about are the ones in government and government organizations and agencies and third parties and possibly even NGOs. These are extremely dangerous entities, particularly when they've fallen into the hands of total crooks, which they apparently have all over the planet now. So I'm sorry, Mr. Peterson, I'm going to grade your assignment an F and ask you to go look into this. I want you to go and research internet trolls, and I want you to go and research digital soldiers, the 77th and the various other, I don't quite know how that works in the US, but I know that they have them. Maybe they technically work for the CIA or whatever, NIS or any of those three-letter, maybe the FBI, I don't know. I'm not as familiar with the American system, but you have the same problems over there. And therefore, you'll have the same crap in Canada too, Mr. Peterson. So not very happy. I think my darker question is, does Jordan Peterson know very well what he's doing? And if he does, becoming a Pied Piper for an online anonymity to be scrapped for we the people, just leaving the bad guys as the anons. If he does know that that's what he's been slated to do, is he doing it because he's been threatened? Is he doing it because they nearly killed him? What are his motives? Or is he doing it because he gets kickbacks? Or the nicer side of that is that he's naive, but my goodness me, if a man of your intelligence, your ability to articulate, your ability to write, your ability to think and act on your feet, I've seen you in, in interviews like the Kathy Newman interview where it was a masterclass in self-restraint. I just, I think it's really sad that you are pushing and having a go constantly about people who are anonymous online. And I, I I just can't believe blindly anymore that you aren't aware of the fact that there are digital soldiers and they troll people like you too. I just don't understand how you've not even considered that. So, Mr. Peterson, I don't want to issue you the final written, but I've graded your homework assignment an F, and I expect to see a marked improvement in future. Please, sir, 
Last bit then. Last bit then. If you've got any comments and whatever on that, I'd be really interested to hear them, by the way, guys, if you've got any theories. I'm just throwing this out there. Something's been bothering me, really bothering me. Yeah, I can't pay my bills. Yeah, that's a pain in the ass. Yeah, I can't buy things that I want. That's a pain. But this has really bothered me, as you can probably hear in my voice. So please do let me know what you guys think in the comments about that. I'd be really interested to to maybe uh, chat to some of you about it. Finally, a uh, quick mini apology. My Substack payments are suspended, which means if you currently give a generous donation, a generous subscription to sarahplumley.substack.com, I am no longer receiving it because they want me to prove my address. They want proof of address all of a sudden, which is funny, isn't it? My address hasn't changed. I've lived here eight to nine years. I'm very open and honest with all of these institutions about where I live and what I do. And all of a sudden, they want to see ID. They want to see evidence of my address. So I haven't got round to providing that. I don't know if I can provide it in the way in which they want it. I'll let you know. I'll let you know about that one in the next uh, 40 minute rant that I send out in a few weeks on here, no doubt. But I do apologize. I hope that's not problematic for you. And I will try and rectify it over the Easter break so that it doesn't interfere with your stuff. I do really appreciate your donations, your subscriptions, your paid subscriptions on the Substack. Why? Because it helps pay for the podcast and the podcast productions, which a lot of people are enjoying. Many people who wouldn't be able to afford or contribute to this are being helped by you guys. Thank you for your generosity. But also my free courses. I'm able to put on free courses like full day workshops in proper old fashioned handwriting, which is brilliant for your children in a whole myriad of different ways, not just about having pretty handwriting or legible and swift handwriting. So many more ways. I'm not going to go into that now because of time, but it, you know, I'm really grateful for that. And also I've got what to do with the under sevens coming up. I've got why you suck at maths, making a return. That'll be on a Wednesday night coming up after the Easter break. I'm also going to provide free training in how to deal with the elective home education officers. I know that a lot of people who would a home educate are put off because they're scared of Ofsted breaking down the door and observing your home educating lessons. Don't worry, that's not going to happen. And I'll also teach you how to deal with them to get them the hell out of your life. I have a really good track record at that. And I can provide all of this training free of charge to anybody who wants it, thanks to the kind donations of my Substack subscribers. So I do apologize if there's any inconvenience to you because the money can't be properly collected or whatever at this moment in time. I've only been made aware of it about a week, a week and a half ago, so I will get on it as soon as possible. And of course, if I'm not able to satisfy them that I live where I said I live and proved where I lived last time, we'll have to come up with some sort of Patreon account or something else for the time being. So I appreciate your patience. I'm sorry to have been a bit of a disaster for you in this area just now, but it is difficult. I certainly feel like I'm under threat in in the financial realm. I'm not upset about it. I'm actually slightly flattered. It means I'm doing a damn good job and I will continue to do so that I promise you. But uh, thank you for bearing with. I really do appreciate you. Going to wrap it up there. I could go on, but I better not. I'll I'll save the next. uh, I need to like do this in doses that I don't poison anybody with too much trash, too much darkness, but it's difficult. There's quite a lot going down. So I'll try and spread it out a little for you guys in doses, in doses, Sarah. All good as ever. The state gets its power from schooling. The people get their power from education. Make wise choices. Take back your individual sovereignty and that of your family. Visit sarahplumley.substack.com and subscribe for free to stay up to speed with all things education, not indoctrination. 